To episode three of Hero Recall, and my name is Tom, one half of Level Two Gamers, and joining me as always is Mr. T Grotto Power over there in Canada. And uh, we don't have Keegan again this week; it's too uh, too late for him. He's got some stuff he has to do tomorrow, so maybe he'll join us Keegan's next week. A bitch. Fair enough. Sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry, Keegan. I love you. You know this. I just like to make fun of you. But uh, yeah, so we're back. And first of all, uh, I want to give a huge, huge thank you to everybody for uh watching listening whatever last week and really nice view count on the video lots of people give some really nice comments on it um so really really happy i haven't read the comments yet i need to do this i'm excited it was like like, for people to complain about my stupid voice no it was in like reddit and stuff people were posting in there and saying this is really good so yeah i'm happy about it so happy about (laughs) how things are going um but yeah so we're back um this time around we decided to switch it up a little bit uh in such that we're still talking about heroes but we're moving off the tanks uh, for the time being, we will come back to tanks. I made this call. You did. You I made, made this call. There are too many tanks. Too many We're tanks. In the See, still. just to give we you need a, to hear about DPS. Just to give you an idea of how I was structuring things. This is how lazy I am. I was literally just going left to right on the hero select screen. But then uh, James here brought up the fact that maybe some of you DPS players would like to see some of your heroes. And before you have to, wait I want to do a support next time too. Okay. Okay. Well, this maybe we could do two, I think we... two tanks, two DPS, two support, something like that. We'll, like, cycle it or something. I don't know. No, I think it should just be, well, it might be hard because there's more DPS than anything We'll figure else. it out. No worries. We'll figure it out. It's anyway, fine. um... So, welcome back. Uh, Lots of things have happened in the uh, time that we've been away. First of all, um, you know, the patch has gone live everywhere. We already talked about that. But finally, uh, Batiste is in competitive mode, uh, which happened only uh, like two days ago, something like that. Uh, So he's in there. Uh, which also means it was Tuesday Uh, also means he's available in Owl now so uh, I just watched like right before we started recording this I was watching the Philly game sad news Uh, but uh, he did get played for the first time ever in Owl by EQO uh, which was really kind of nice to see Uh, so that was good Um, (laughs) he's not in break jail anymore he's in in Batiste jail Uh, but then we also had like just this fucking mental week of transfers uh just people retiring and and, and transfers and swapping well. and not yet non-existing transfers so we're going to get into that a little bit when we get into the professional section uh don't you worry we got you covered on that front uh we also have a little bit of a talk about one of the new arenas that was released the uh built from the ground up uh philadelphia fusion arena which we're pretty excited about and then we're going to go obviously into ourselves a little bit we're going to delve into our own opinions on a few characters and top it all off with the DPS character that we have not named yet, which is Sombra. So um, that's the show for today. Didn't so, see that homing. Yeah, so she's... I can't uh, do her accent. This, that wasn't bad. Yeah, these, the voice line part's going to be a nightmare. Anyway, <laughs> I can't even say her, like, all... We've already proven that. I can kind of do but... the voice lines. It's just that that calming. It's, it's something to do with my previous job, or I still kind of have it, but... It, 
Anyway, <laughs> I'll explain it not here. <laughs> not on it. Gotcha. Alrighty. So yes, thank you for joining us again for uh, episode three, and let's get started. So the first thing I want to talk about is uh, Batiste. Actually, so we talked about Batiste for the <laughs> at the beginning of every single podcast so far. Don't worry. You know, we're kind of done with Batiste after this week. But since he is just now uh, joining competitive mode, and we've both played him in competitive mode, uh, let's get the final the final verdict on whether we think he is meta changing in competitive or ladder mode. Uh, and I'm just going to hand it right over to you for your opinions on that. Meta changing? No, not at all. Do you think he but works well? being someone who has recently had to be had to climb in solo queue, basically by playing bloodthirsty support, he's really nice for when the enemy team has like a bastion or something and they don't defend him properly because you can, you can shoot that guy from long range. Also, I will note that when the enemy team is the Farah, yeah, good for Farah, good hero for that. So he does give you more options, I will say, but he's not necessarily meta changing. We still probably need to see more work in the league. You know, one thing I kind of, I kind of have come to this conclusion, um, which is it, it's interesting because it's kind of the opposite of how I thought things were going to be after playing him in the PTR. But last night I was playing a game on Dorado, and I chose Bat Batiste, and uh, I was with a Moira. And we were, you know, we were in the, the first uh, big choke, the tunnel choke on Dorado, um, the first point A. And uh, I was pumping, like, those health grenades into the front line like nobody's business. And I, I mentioned it the first time we talked about Batiste, how I was concerned that that would be OP in terms of, like, just, like, grenade, 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 reload, grenade, 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 grenade. It's not. It, if anything, it's it feels like lackluster. Like... It felt to me like the Moira was out healing me easy, and I know she was DPSing way more than I was. So even though I was using my little like regeneration boost thing, and I was like pumping the grenades into the tanks, I felt like either either I wanted them to have like a bigger burst and less like a maybe a longer in between fire time, um, or just like if it almost felt like he wasn't putting out the numbers that I expected to put because I focused purely on healing and i wasn't putting out the numbers i was still silver to that dps yep. moira so that was something to consider i thought it's he's more he gets the big numbers because it was it just your tanks in front of you yeah i had a, re a recent diva and then team. like junk rat and a couple others sort of hanging around he gets the really large numbers if it's your whole team clustered together and that's why people are saying he's going to be good for goats gotcha. because that's exactly how goats is played AOE. that's how he's going to be it, it more depends on how many people he's healing with one grenade yeah Whereas Moira puts out, can put out a lot of healing on a single person, and multiple, actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, he feels a lot, kind of like playing Ana, except you actually can heal multiple people. But once. I do feel like the uh, invulnerability field, or immortality field, whatever the fuck it's called, is probably his most useful trick, and definitely can be utilized for big things. Like in terms of, like, oh, there's yes. a Junkrat Riptire coming, throw it down everyone get in here there's a diva bomb coming throw it down everyone get in here like it is a good counterplay to a lot of things um but you know it, it's not like it doesn't feel unfair you know what i mean no but i did watch uh, in misery as i had a reaper on my side that was shooting everybody in the field without once shooting the actual field and just like wondering why <laughs> today, nothing was dying i see sure. exactly the opposite All right. i actually played baptiste a couple times today mm. the first thing those, those reapers would do he, they would stare at it take it out in like two shots and then go after you yeah no, but in some terrible. cases that would give you enough time to kill him that's true that's true 
Uh, I, I had it happen once. I might have tactical <laughs> coached on him. <laughs> Alrighty, so let's move on to the patch notes. We actually had two patches since the last time we spoke. Miniature patches, nothing special, nothing crazy. Uh, but I did want to get into them a little bit. So the first one uh, came out, when was this? This was March 27th, and that had updates to Doomfist, May Reaper, and Symmetra. Uh, Doomfist's update was the, to the Seismic Slam. He can now target through railings. Yay, I guess. Uh, Maze, Ice Wall. Quality of life. <laughs> Easier to apply on thin surfaces and appears less jittery when place, uh, well, when placing while moving around. So for those kind of like quick, oh my god, get a oh, wall yeah, up the... situations. Yeah, like a little bit less kind of like all over the place. Kind of like place. the teleporter. Correct. Symmetra's teleporter. Which uh, I think is the change of her as well. There is, yeah. Uh, Reaper Shadow Step. Easier to place on thin surfaces. And it looks like, so it looks like they did a lot of quality of life changes uh, for Symmetra Reaper. Basically like anyone that had problems with railing pretty much yes um and again appears less, yeah, appears less jittery when placing while moving around uh and symmetra uh players that use your teleporter now continue to look in their current viewing direction which is handy uh and easier to place on thin surfaces and appears less jittery while placing uh while moving around so uh some some good sort of quality of life changes for those characters uh which is is nice uh and then there was a few bug fixes too uh, so they fixed a bug where your view would become level with the horizon after using Symmetra's teleporter. Interesting. I don't think I ever saw that one. Uh, Doomfist fixed a bug where Doomfist would get caught on door frames when impacting a wall. <laughs> Poor Doom. Um, Reaper fixed a bug where Shadow Step's placement target would fall from ledges. Uh, facts... <laughs> That's funny. Uh, fixed a bug where Reaper was able to gain capture progress on an objective while phased using Shadow Step. And uh, Symmetra fixed a bug where the teleporter's placement target would fall off ledges. Um, so after they did that one, they did a little tweak to it, which involves, can you guess? Doomfist, May, Reaper, and Symmetra. <laughs> so the updates to that. Doomfist fixed a bug where targeting seismic slam on a surface that inclines or declines, like stairs, would fail if you were looking downwards. Uh, May fixed a bug where placing ice wool on a surface that inclines or declines uh, would fail if you were looking downwards. Reaper, you want to guess? Shadow step looking downwards on inclines and yep. declines. Fix a bug where placing shadow steps target on a surface that inclines or declines, like stairs, would fail if you were looking downwards. Uh, and then for Symmetra, fixed a bug where teleporter wouldn't fit in some short windows. And fixed a bug where placing a teleporter on a surface that inclines or declines, like stairs, would fail if you were looking downwards. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, the stair update. The, the stair update. Uh, they did a lot of quality of life changes to specifically, um, I guess, placement abilities. Would be there was the one thing about Reaper you missed, though. He can shadow step midair now. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. Was that included in those updates, or was that a newer yes, one? Yes, I think I know so. he does that's, it on the that's, PTR. That's been included. That's PTR now. That's PTR. I don't think it's live live, but yeah, no, you're I know right. I've seen, I've seen a video of someone doing it. You are right. Yeah, it is cool as hell as well. Uh, definitely makes for some interesting flanks. He can um, save himself off ledges now, mm -hmm. in some cases. Uh, yeah, I do actually like that, and it does make him... And it's faster, too. Like, it takes him less time I to, think it's faster, yes. Yeah, as to well. kind of get out Maybe. of that. And also quieter, I believe. So basically, like the update that everyone asked for um but instead they gave him 50 percent regen with shooting bullets so they um they, they gave him the, the shadow step that everyone kind of wanted so hopefully um we'll get to see get to see did that they pulled back they, did. they, they pulled him back, back to 30 
Yeah, they pulled them back to 30%. Um, okay, yeah. cool. That's why I thought they were... That's so They started with 50, which was fucking wanted. horrendous. But yeah, they did yes. pull back on, and they gave them 30. But they've done this uh, this update for Reap Remains, um, which is the, literally the only thing they've been asking for for years. Um, I, although I did see someone put he, bring he soul really orbs back the other day. <laughs> I don't think. The self-sustain, it, it was nice. I think it changed some things up, but for the lower tiers, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, it's, it was, it's hard. You had uh, to have so much coordination to take it <laughs> and and aim because <laughs> he's like realistically like uh, a McCree could you know gun him down really quickly but in you know silver gold uh, even it's it's hard to to pull that off all right so that's your kind of quick update to the game itself um paris and batiste are in owl um and uh excitingly so there's been a lot going on with owl recently and we are here to break down as much of it as humanly possible for you but honestly it's been a lot, considering the very short time period in which we've just finished stage one and just started stage two, like today, as of recording. So um, let me go through some of this with you, because I have a handy-dandy list of all the things that have changed in both Overwatch League and Contenders in the last, what, two weeks? Uh, so if you're ready, I will stop on some of the more interesting ones. I'm going to skip a lot of it, but we'll stop on some of the more interesting ones. And I think nothing more interesting, uh, quite frankly, than the very, very first one, which is, uh, let's talk about Atlanta Rain. So what's the big news for Atlanta Rain? The friend retired. The friend retired. Straight up retired. After one, play. one stage of, uh, yeah, oh, he's still going to be a streamer. He's actually a, like, uh, what do they call him? Like, partnered streamer for yeah. uh, Atlanta Rain. Streamer for Rain. Like, Frana? Fran, Fran? Yeah, Fran is uh, partnered, yeah, and, uh, like, Emong for Philly. But, yeah, so DeFran is retiring from Owl and spending time instead uh, as a streamer. Um, his reasoning was kind of just that he, I think he felt a little burnt out by what he was doing and also maybe not so happy with having to play Zarya, um, <laughs> which you can't, like, be mad at him because I'm sure, like, other DPS, like, specialists are just as angry being stuck oh, in no, a lot Zarya of being jail. Stuck with Brig. Oh, Brig too, yeah. I mean, yeah, Zachary was complaining about Brig, EQO complaints about Brig. But, you know, seeing, like, some of the biggest talents in the league sort of end up, uh, AKM, Carpe, those guys getting stuck, even Sinatra getting stuck on Zarya. Like, they're really good at it because they're pros, but at the same time, like... That's not what they want to do. DeFran broke out of Torb in his first match in Overwatch League. That dude just came to play. So, yeah, I did. uh, I am a little sad. Um, I I feel like he just came to do that grab on Hollywood and then just fucked off after he did that in Overwatch League. It's just kind of like, that's me. I'm out, dude. Uh, So, yeah, so DeFran's gone. Uh, But in more exciting Atlanta Rain I want to talk about the DeFran thing, my thoughts oh, on sure, it. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, go. so I'm not a fan of DeFran, that's, people know this, but You're not a I DeFran? actually think... I'm going to pretend you didn't just say that. <laughs> so, I don't think it was just the lifestyle of the pro player wasn't really his thing, and I know that he's had, in the background, he's got he had some personal problems, which I hope he sorts out because I don't wish, wish harm I think on he's anyone. In a better spot. I just don't think it was good for him. I don't think the lifestyle was good for him. He was an he was great player. He did lots of damage. Was one of the best DPS in the league for that stage. But it's just the whole lifestyle, probably the pra- the constant practicing and all that stuff. It just didn't really fit for him. So he probably better for him. Too didn't he because he streamed like he wouldn't stream overwatch but he would stream random shit like he did like, a, like something like a 10 hour hours stream of, of an anime, anime dance or something thing. yeah so <laughs> yeah clearly the guy lives 
on his own terms. Let's just yes. say that. Yeah. Which there's no problem with that, but just it didn't really that didn't fit with being a league player for no. him. And I think it would be better for his health, yeah. his mental health, possibly even physical health, just to not. And be honestly, out probably like that. his pockets too, because I I think that even though he was probably getting a handy dandy amount of money from Overwatch League, uh, I I think he probably makes more from from streaming. And, and he's affiliated now of the team, so he's probably still getting some money from that. Right, and you know he still they still sold a lot of jerseys off his back, and I do feel bad for folks that that pick those jerseys up. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it, it, I'm sad to see him go. I think he was like I, I liked the idea of having a streamer in overwatch league as when we talked about it with keegan and everything um i personally am a fan of that because i think that it helps expand the brand more it also makes it a little bit more exciting in places but um for him now if you if you look at his like uh, his twitch profile or his twitter profile it already says like x overwatch league pro player and stuff so he already has that kind of association now of being like literally one of the best of the best so it's going to be even more through the roof for his streams because a lot of people didn't know who he was until he came in i don't think he'll be the last streamer to make it to overwatch either i don't know i think there's going to be more i think we're probably going to see some who are able to make the lifestyle change yeah while still probably keeping a bit of their streamer sensibilities and i mean um dogman is still alive and well and uh he started out as a streamer so also Atlanta Rain. Speaking of uh, Atlanta Rain, a little bit more. Funny Astro. He's out of jail. He's out of uh, out of booster jail. And he's back in the league on a two-way contract with Atlanta Rain and their academy team too. For those of you that don't know Funny Astro, Funny Astro is largely regarded to be one of the best Lucios in the world uh, and also has four accounts in the top ten of all time, <laughs> like right now, Overwatch players on ladder. And they're all him playing Lucio. So... <laughs> Pretty good pickup. <laughs> Pretty good pickup. Uh, you know, Atlanta Rain didn't exactly have like a terrible Lucio to begin with, but uh, I do think that having Funny Astro on board is going to be really special for them. Uh, he is like... It's going to be both really good for player. them and probably really exciting yeah. to see in the league. Yeah, He's I, probably going to do I, some Reddit level pumped. shit. I am pumped. I, I know they lost to Fran. <laughs> Fran was a big reason to watch Atlanta, but let me tell you, Funny Astro is also going to be a really big reason to watch Atlanta. So really excited to see that happen. Um... Baby Bay. He's not the only reason. Baby, Baby Bay. Bay. Yeah, he's he uh, got acquired from San Francisco uh, Shock, and he's now going to be playing for Atlanta Rain. Uh, and on top of that, we also have FRD, who was acquired from the Gladiators Legion as a flex tank. So we have DeFran gone, Funny Astro, Baby Bay, and FRD in for Atlanta Rain. That's just Atlanta. We're not done even close yet. Um Boston Uprising. Let's talk about your team for a second. Ooh. So, <clears throat> well, I tell you what. We'll start with what actually has happened, and then we'll talk about what almost happened. didn't. What didn't happen? Let's start there. So, first of all, they got a new signing um, by way of a gentleman called Persia. Uh, Persia flex support coming in, exciting, good stuff. Uh, has the same birthday as me. Has the same birthday as you. Good, uh, good omen. They also acquired RCK. Uh, RCK came in, and he is. A hell of a good 
hell of a good diva. Uh, but he by getting RCK, you gave up Note. Uh, so Note has been transferred to Dallas Fuel. We lost the Canadian boy. And a RCK has come in. Uh, yeah, it's like Fuel is just collecting Canadians. Uh, but yeah, RCK like, from Dallas that. and Note to Dallas. That is a, a fair trade that they did. Uh, sad to see Note go. Note is one of my favorite players, one of my favorite diva players. But you know what? I love RCK. I think he's dope. So I really am not, I'm not mad about it. I'm I, not too mad about it. Either. I'm trying to figure out why. That's been my big thing. Like, why? I'll get on my thoughts on that after Ooh. we talk about the trade that didn't happen. All right, let's talk about the trade that didn't happen. I'll leave you to kind of explain it. So, the trade that didn't happen, this was the thing everybody was talking about right after the stage playoffs. There was supposedly discussions between Valiant and Uprising, where... Valiant would get Fusions and from Boston Academy asking, a DPS player, where uh, Boston would get Fate, the main tank, from Valiant, and also, what's his name? K-Y something. K-S-F. K-S-F. K-S-F Jelly, that guy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, K-S-F. So this deal was basically a done deal. This is what everyone's saying. So this was going in before the playoffs. No players knew about it going into the playoffs, just the teams. So the first hiccup that came up is that Boston saw an omission on Valiant's discussions. They saw that KSF would actually get more money than they originally thought. So they had to rediscuss this the terms of that. Basically, he would get a signing bonus and his salary would go up or Didn't something like that. Didn't it start as a verbal contract? But when they it was sold a verbal the contract, actual contract, a, that's when yes. it kind of broke down a little bit. Yeah. That's what it seems like. And this is all, I it's not totally confirmed, but these are good sources, supposedly. Um, I have a link that can be posted. With oh, yeah, I'll put all that in. Don't worry. Yes, but um, so that was that was ironed out. Um, KSF got something that more Boston could agree with, and that was all good. But then someone supposedly from the Valiant side, Valiant denies this, uh, says they weren't part of it. There was a leak, and this is when both players from the team who previously did not know about this, and this is still before the playoffs. This is the key part of this. Players found out about it, fans found out about it, and there was a big uproar. So... I didn't really hear about it until after the playoffs, so maybe it was just the players at this point. But So Asking knew about it uh, from Boston Academy, and he got really excited because he's like, I'm going to Owl. Why not? And then Aim God knew something about it because right after they lost in playoffs, they said, oh, the fans are not going to be happy about something that's happening in the next few days. So they all knew. The players knew before the playoffs, uh, which <laughs> was a big mess. Yeah. And, and, then and, Valiant, and Let's stop there for a second as well. Do you think it affected the performance? I think it might have had a bit of a psychological thing, especially for Fusions. He's thinking, like, I'm going to be traded by this team. I don't think it really would have made the outcome any different because Titans are just such an indomitable force right now. But I, it might have had a bit of an impact psychologically. Can you imagine just going into a playoffs like, I'm going to go play for this team, but they're going to trade me right after this? Yeah. Like, can you imagine as a player going into that? Like, I've done all this stuff. Am I not good enough for them? And not even are they going to trade me, but they're going to trade me to the literal most losing the team of the league right team, now. Yeah. Who I don't think are going to be 0-7 in the stage. I think I they are either. going to win. Seven. But, like, that's still, like, that must play off your mind a bit. I'm sure Fusions, it didn't play that much, but just a little bit at the back of your mind. It must be like, was I not good enough? Weird feeling. Yeah, but I, I I think it was also people were thinking the meta was going to switch, and people are saying that 
Fusions isn't so good on Winston. People were thinking Winston was going to be good and all this stuff. But whatever happened, Valiant, I guess, either by reaction from the fans or just reaction in general, they were having second thoughts. And they were having second thoughts going into the deal anyway about it. But they eventually, they kept negotiating the contracts and they're saying, yeah, yeah, this is good, this is good. And it got to a point where Boston Academy even signed someone to replace Asking. That's how sure they were to go that this deal was going to go through. And then it came to a point, like, still going up to a point where Fusions was actually going to have a going-away party, a going-away meal with the team. It was scheduled. That's how sure they were this deal was going to go on. And throughout that day, it was looking less likely that Valiant were going to go ahead with the deal. And it fell through. An hour before Fusions' meal to say goodbye, thanks for everything, Valiant was like, nope, not go, not going through with it. Can you imagine? <laughs> Boston County has signed a new DPS for to replace Asking. The deal falls through. And now, supposedly, it's hurt Asking's mental thing. Like, he hasn't has had a bit of a competitive slump since this yeah, whole thing. And I could see that. And they have to share the playtime with this new signing. Can you imagine what a mess this was? And apparently Boston was looking for some compensation for all this trouble. Valiant initially said, yeah, we will. And now they're saying, no, we won't. It's a big mess. And it's, I don't think we're seeing the last of it. I don't think the trade's ever going to go through, but we're not seeing the last of this. What almost seems like a divorce agreement. (laughs) I I tell you what though, the next Boston versus Valiant match is going to be interesting. That much I do know. (laughs) Absolutely heated. I'm sure that Fusions is going to go for it. Yeah. And no, it's probably going to go for it too. I actually think that people will beat Boston because Boston's been having a bad track record against their former players. That's true. (laughs) But it could go either way. So back to your reasoning behind Note and the RCK switch. What was your I what's your thought? I think that this other thing, and this is based on how Huck he likes to bring in new players to Overwatch League, and this is a lot of people say this is a really good thing, and I think it's a good thing too. But I don't think his reasoning behind it's very good because he seems to do it just to make money for the team, not for himself, but for the team to bring in more players and i think it hurts them competitively i went on a huge rant about this in a discord server people seem to like my rant so maybe there will be people agreeing with this as well but i actually think that this note uh, rck deal might have been driven these notes highly was no doubt highly valuable he's regarded as one of the best divas in the league i think that might have been a driving force i think boston got some good money out of that deal <laughs> so they were like in lieu of this other deal let's do this and maybe that drove them to actually sign persia as well they had some money Hmm. to do that so maybe not totally a bad thing but also that's probably why the note trade happened yeah i i don't know i feel like dallas fuel really were the winners of that trade (laughs) like not not to knock on rck but i I don't think it's a huge like hurt to boston but i do think it will be good for fuel yeah exactly i think yeah i think you're right i think for i mean there are people that say that rck is perhaps a bit more versatile than note when it comes to that but uh i guess we're gonna see i guess we're gonna see but um thing is diva is always pretty much always in the meta they haven't been able to kick her out yet (laughs) that's true all righty speaking of dallas fuel coco the coach retired uh rck went, to, went to, uh, to boston they acquired note and they also uh signed damon or demon i never know how to, like if it, in a computer terms damon. in computer terms Maybe. it's demon it's spelt damon 
You, D, the D A E M O N. Um, but yeah, he's yeah. a he's their new signing, a new coach that they have From on board there. With uh, he's with a Jay. tank coach, mm. tank coach specifically. Interesting. Bring in a That's new tank and says. bring in a new tank coach. They're going for uh, a better front line. It looks of it. Uh, Paris Eternal, in turn, of course, lost their head coach, which was Damon, and they hired or promoted rather Fefe, which is my favorite fucking name Fefe. to say. Kafafe. Uh, uh, as their head coach. So Paris Eternal doing a little bit of switching around as well. Uh, Toronto Defiant, uh, they released their coach, Dawn, uh, most boring name of all the names that I've said tonight. Uh, they uh, had a DPS, Stellar, retire. Uh, so Stellar's gone from Toronto Defiant, but they did hire the Wiz Kid. I'm 37, or I am 37, uh, who is a DPS who has... Arguably, the had the fastest track of ladder to owl of any player in existence. That's what people are saying. Less than a month ago, he wasn't on a pro team. Let me give you a breakdown. Even. Let me give you a breakdown of this guy's fucking career so far. Are you ready? I am 37. On, uh, let's see, the 15th of March, he joined uh, Wave Check OW. Uh, on the 19th of March, the TFC NA qualifier, he played three matches. On the 23rd of March, he was in the Open Division division match one. Uh, on the 24th, he left Wave Check. Uh, the 25th, he joined Second Wind GG. Uh, on the same day, they beat Mayhem Academy. On the 1st of April, he left Second Wind. And on the 3rd of April, he joined Toronto Defiant. What a career path. Wow. Let's talk about this guy for a second, just a little bit. Firstly, his gamer tag, I'm 37. It actually refers to his favorite hero, McCree, and that's the age of McCree. Mm. He also, he is a Korean born, but lives in Canada since 2014, apparently in BC, speaks fluently both in English and Korean, and now he's signed for a Toronto Defiant. So that's actually kind of an interesting <laughs> move for him, that aspect that he lives in Canada. Yeah. Um, which will help it might give the team some relations with the fans. And also he seems to be a really good player. They know something that we don't <laughs> somehow out of all that. Uh, I'm most shocked at the fact that I just learned McCree is 37. So because <laughs> I'm 36. Okay. And McCree Apparently looks a he lot also older has an alternate uh, um, ID. That's I'm not 37. <laughs> anyway, according uh, to Liquipedia, good luck to the kid because you know, that's an incredible, either an incredible amount of luck or an incredible amount of hard work. I either hope way, it works out. props to I the guy. I hope it works out for him. You gotta be feel, an amazing story. You gotta feel for uh, asking and stuff though. Like the kind yeah, of asking must be, like, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It's close. Anyway, that really sucks for him. Uh, other things that have happened: Washington Justice. They obviously acquired uh, Ark from New York Excelsior. Uh, they released their coach Obasil, and they dismissed from team Fossix, um, which I thought was an interesting way to put that. I suppose it was just fuck off Fossix. We have Ark now, so <laughs> go have fun wherever you want. Uh, and I'll rip through the contenders. People are less familiar with contenders, so I'll be really quick on these ones. You, there's one or two I might stop on. Uh, obviously, funny ass. 
Castro has a two-way contract, which has him playing for ATL Academy as well as uh, Rain. And now they've kind of changed up the rules on those two-way contracts. So we'll, I, I mean, they have I one of the... had Elk play Rain today, has so. one of the best Lucios out there now. So my guess is that like they just, like in case that guy gets sick, they didn't want the whole like boombox Elk situation. They wanted someone mm -hmm. that was like top tier that could easily jump in and take <coughs> place. Uh, Blank Esports uh, signed Damon as a, a DPS um let's see here cyclone damon is that damon d-a-e-m-i-n yes different different yes. Damon. So not the former dragon's player yeah uh cyclone coupling uh they acquired fallen from team cc uh gladiators legion uh their frd flex tank transferred to atlanta rain square one uh signed proggy who's a main tank uh no relation it's to fraggy and uh team cc uh chinese team uh obviously transferred fallen over to cyclone uh da, 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 da. team envy uh released fisher uh who, who's one of the players i actually know from contenders so i was like oh that's you know one of not to be confused of fisher yeah different different yeah f-i-s-c-h-e-r uh uprising academy uh mikey uh stepped down he's seeking a player position apparently which is kind of nice and they signed iced who was uh and so this was the we person that was supposed that. to play ask, replace asking this is the person that was supposed to play, uh replace asking uh xl2 uh they had frill step down as a dps citing burnout as the reason so at least they were honest uh and young and beautiful uh had a new signing of blue x or it might be blukes i don't know how you pronounce it but it's like the the the, the word blue with an x on the end so he's a flex support joining young and beautiful in the x-rated blue there you go blue triple x <laughs> so wow uh what a week and that there's one more that i haven't mentioned yet uh sorry i've got to kind of check my sources here uh ba -ba 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 -ba. yang xiao long is finally also out of yang xiao long. i know he's out of visa hell and he's on his way to the chengdu hunters That's that is the... a reference to ruby is it yeah there's a character named yang xiao long never seen it yeah. In Ruby. That's, That's awesome. a Rooster Teeth anime. There you go. So, yeah, Yang Xiaolong is uh, out of Visa Hell on his way to the Chengdu Hunters. Um, so that is one that missed this comprehensive guide list uh, because I think Yang Xiaolong's long... hair is yellow. It was meant to be. This is literally something that just happened today. So, wow. A lot of things just happened today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they just started stage two and this is all the stuff that's sort of gone on in literally a week or two. Uh, so, wow. I mean, a lot can change uh, in, in a week or two in Overwatch League. My only thought is, you know, if this is how crazy it is between stage one and stage two, how crazy is it going to be between stage two and stage three? Because it, I don't remember Especially it being this nuts. Meta shift. Yeah, I don't remember it being this nuts in the first season. Do you remember ever having no. like, this many fucking crazy things happen? There were some... There were some crazy things, but not on this level. One or two, and they were always kind of like, like not well like publicized. shockers. Some of them happened like partway through the stage too. This felt a little. But this like, was just uh... all of a sudden within a few days. It wasn't oh, yeah. even through the whole transfer window. It was just like three. Just days. in the past few days, on the weekend starting, yeah. it was like silly season. It was like, <laughs> like chickens running around with their heads cut off. We're talking about here. It was people. the red wedding. Everyone just and cut. You can ask Tom through yeah. this whole thing. I'm like, maybe fusions won't be traded because we didn't hear about it, about it happening after like, it just kind of died off. No one was talking about it. And they were using fusions and promotional work. And I'm like, maybe he's not going to be traded because he's used the double promotional work. That's going to tilt again. <laughs> I, That's going to tilt. I'm there you go. Because I don't there want this go. hat to be, uh, <laughs> I don't think I got a good view of it, but I don't want this hat to be irrelevant. That being 
being said, as soon as I heard that note was being traded, I bought one of his Boston jerseys before they went off the store. Nothing wrong with that. Because uh, I, I'm probably going to buy a Fuel one from him, too, because I like the guy. I, yeah. I actually am going to start watching Fuel, probably, because they seem like an interesting team. I just really want them to get rid of Taimu. Uh, yeah, so here's the thing. Like... I, I like Fuel on the basis that Jane is their coach, and I appreciate Jane. I also hate Fuel based on the fact that Jane is their coach, and he talks shit on my team uh, and won and backed it up. So I'm, I'm torn between it, okay? I have mixed feelings. He talks shit, but he also co complimented Carpe after the match. Yeah. So he's not one of those shit talkers who's like, I'm no, going to shit talk right. He was all right. Just to be a dick. It, it did make me feel a little better when he did that. All right. Uh, so <clears throat> alongside all the crazy fucking roster changes and everything, we also heard a bit of an update on what Florida Mayhem is trying to achieve. Do you oh, want to touch yes. on that a little bit? So that was also today. Um, I'm not going to go over it too much, but supposedly Florida Mayhem are going to move to all Korean coaching staff and player roster. And I actually saw on one of the discords that posted Mc McGravy is actually, he's still with the organization, but he's looking for a new team. So mm. they're shaking it up. Like they're going to, go to move to an all korean thing which at this rate it doesn't seem like a bad idea korea is a very putting out a lot of talent and a lot of countries aren't quite on that level yet of putting out these huge talent pools yeah and it also gets them in line all speaking the same language not having to learn how to speak another language and have these language barriers yeah i mean one of the things it does I make here, things um... a bit easier this is actually a, a comment from, um, I'm not sure exactly who, someone on the organization says, we've faced multiple issues with communication and overall team synergy, in part due to the lack of a common language among players and coaching staff. We've spent a lot of time developing better communication together as a team, but when it comes down to playing on stage, even the slightest miscommunication can result in a loss. It's important that our players are able to focus on improving strategy, effective communication, and teamwork. To that end, we're laying the groundwork for a different direction for Mayhem with the new direction we've mutually agreed to part ways with mineral our head coach since the beginning of overwatch league as well as yeah uh we appreciate their hard work and wish them all the best in their future endeavors so they're serious they're definitely going for it yeah and i don't think it's necessarily something we're going to see all the time we might see it. We've heard whispers of a couple other teams maybe thinking of going all Korean, but I think I'm that's not, just... Here's the thing, like, and I don't want to come off as an asshole in this, but, like, and I, I really appreciate the the amazing players that Korea puts out. The, and the they've got that, such a good culture for it, too. And, and they do. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're an e-gaming culture. They're not doing anything wrong. They're culture. doing everything right. They're doing everything right, but it makes me sad because, like, when, when we were first kind of um, deciding, and this is a stupid thing to do, but when Overwatch League came around, we were kind of deciding who to support. And, um, you know, Keegan kind of uh, jumped on the Philly train because he's like, they have this player and this yeah. player, and he already likes, uh, you know, the 76ers. He likes the city. Yeah, he likes the city. <laughs> So he went with Philly and I was like, well, I guess I should go with London because I'm English. So it makes sense. But then when I saw that the entire London roster had no one from London on it or even anywhere in England, it made me a little bit sad. And it's not like it's this. Here's the thing. It's not that there's a lack of talent in the UK. Fucking look at what happened in the World Cup. You have fusions now uh, that's dominating as main tank. You have Kip that went all the way over to um, Gongzhou. You have... Um, Fucking Cruise ended up on Paris Eternal, Boombox. Um, but here's the thing Boombox at the time, uh, was I think either him and maybe Shadowburn. Is Shadowburn English? Shadowburn is Russian. Oh, he's Russian. My bad. Um, but yeah, so no, Bert, 
no bird rings don't. so anyway bird bird rings. <laughs> boombox was the only uh the only english player that was uh playing there was another one who was signed regularly. brilliant but he never played not right. locked yeah he was the only one that i kind of like liked the look of he was playing a character i enjoyed so i said fuck it i'll go philly because i was supporting boombox um and I, i'm still happy with my decision obviously philly are a hell of an exciting team to watch but i do i do kind of like i feel bad because there's a lot of really good uh european players as well uh they're just clearly like the fact that communication is an issue i suppose is the thing that makes me sad that you Here's have to thing. have like all korean or all north american or all European I mean there's language barriers between yeah. the French and the English players you know it's just the talent pool from Korea is so big and having those mixed rosters it does it's possible fusion have shown that you can have a mixed roster and do well they're not like always consistent but other teams are also doing it like shock but it's more difficult and yeah. it's the question of do you want that investment and right now the talent pools from other countries aren't so huge it's hard to get them all on the same team as right. well that's true um it's not that, it's not that we hate to see the koreans in the league it's just that they're all like there's so much talent and that's why we're seeing them and it's yeah. really a great thing i think that the culture over there supports esports way more than it does over here that's true i actually had someone apparently said i someone from the discord was talking like they were talking about a friend from theirs there and they actually have like grants and stuff there where people oh, yeah. are supported to see these things you just don't see that here as much yeah and i'm it's sure in the next few there. years it's starting to get in there. the next few years yeah. we're going to see that change especially with them building an arena <laughs> in philadelphia which what we'll, a i don't think we talked about it what a Let's segue. talk about that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so that's a very good point. There is a $50 million Fusion Arena being built purpose in built. Philadelphia, purpose-built from the ground up as an eSports complex uh, that will seat 3,500 people. Uh, that's what fuck you Comcast money looks like, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is, uh, and, and it looks... We hate Comcast, but beautiful. they're making a pretty fucking dope arena, let's yeah, be honest. It looks amazing. Obviously, it's not only going to be used for Philadelphia Fusion. There will be other things there, but it's their arena. And, you know, so that's going to be where all the home games are played. So cool. And they also have, like, special facilities built in there for training. They have just, like, just an incredible production facilities everything oh my god yeah and, and let's be honest if anyone deserves like a production area philly deserve a production area they're fucking did you see the uh game of thrones um stage two thing they put out so they like they redid the entirety of the game of thrones intro but with like maps from overwatch instead it was amazing anyway so it, it, the, the amount of effort their social media team puts in is insane better um, than last year that's for sure yeah so yeah, so the arena is set to be completed in January uh, 2021, uh, with construction starting in September this year. Uh, the construction should end around December 2020 to prepare the facility for the fourth season of Overwatch League in February 2021. In the I'm meantime, so yeah. In the meantime, uh, the team will compete in the existing location in the Philadelphia market for the 2020 season. Uh, there's a possibility there will be multiple arenas used over the course of the 2020 L season because we know that um 2020 is the big you know move over to to people Transition. going home yeah uh so 
In an exclusive interview with Wynn, Fusion CFO Joe Marsh mentioned that he and franchise owner Tucker Roberts have been working on a location for about a year. We took a bus tour of the city and used watch parties to test out locations, Marsh said. It wasn't until Comcast CEO Dave Scott suggested building the arena in southern Philly that plans to construct the space began in earnest. The location will be south of the Xfinity Live Bar between the city's three current sports venues, Lincoln Financial Field, Citizen Bank Park, and the Wells Fargo Center. Martian Roberts looked at a number of potential venues before settling on the final spot. Parking and ease of transportations were among the biggest issues considered at the sites they toured. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, and if you, and if you do get a chance, and of course there'll be links in the description. But if you do get a chance to look at it, look at it because it's fucking beautiful. So let me get this right. They're putting it right near the other major sports stadiums. Yeah, that is so fucking cool. Can yeah. you imagine this little Overwatch? Is with the big leagues, literally. Yep. And not only are they on ESPN, but there's stadiums being built where the other sports stadiums are. And also, I'd like to point out that the the Philadelphia teams, other teams, have really seemed to like Fusion and been cooperating with them. Like, you see Philly Union, the MLS team, has done some crossover stuff. So the other teams really support them. And you saw Gritty walk out with Fusion, that's the NHL uh, mascot for Flyers, walk out with Fusion in their first match. So, like, it's a really good sporting culture. I think it'll be good for Philly. And seeing stuff like this um, makes you think that the culture will change and we'll see countries taking esports more seriously. Well, you know, there's there's now you're getting, like, high school scholarships for esports and stuff. It's kind of nice. So it's, we're, it's on getting the up. we're on the up and up. Uh, so hopefully, you know, the communication thing, because there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of players that are learning Korean specifically for to help with that, you know, which I think is kind of cool as well. Thing. Yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, that's our roundup for actually one more. Do thing. we have time to talk about our small? Th- I'm not going to talk about it very much, but it's just a cute little fun thing. Okay, go on. Okay, so if you follow Hangzhou Sparks uh, social media, I think it's on their Twitter. Specific, it might be on their Instagram. I don't know if they have an Instagram, but I follow them on Twitter. They do these cute little posters for each match to include a preview poster, and then they have a poster that goes with their win or loss. And they've been explaining their stage 1-1, showing the ones that we didn't see the win or loss for specific matches and explaining the theory behind it. I just wanted to explain one that I thought was kind of cute, and it was the one versus Valiant. This, the poster for the preview shows their character, Telly. He kind of like is like a TV dude with legs and stuff. He's really cute. Um, about to fight a Valkyrie. And in the Lost poster, it shows the Valkyrie kind of like pushing him off like, no, I don't like you. In the Wind poster, it's them getting married. And there's actually a very interesting lore behind that. Is supposedly the Valkyrie will only marry the, that who, who can beat her in combat. And that's the theory behind it. So there's a lot of these ones. Go check them out. They're amazing. It's so cute. And they're going to make more probably for yeah. this stage. Their artwork is great. And I also i am really excited to see what they come up with as symbolization for some of the teams they haven't touched on yet. You know what I mean? Because they seem yeah, to like, pick really interesting. Because some of them like Valiant are kind of easy to pick. But they're like when they did the London. It was like Green Arrow. Yeah. And when they had uh, London, it was kind of like uh, it was a asteroids almost, yeah, with a Spitfire. It was you like um, kind of like space. What's invaders. the game called? Space Invaders, yeah, but yeah. it was the Telly guy <laughs> and like a spaceship versus a Spitfire. It was really cool. Uh, so check those out, yes. and they're becoming a fan favorite team because of stuff like this. I like Spark. I'm probably going to get a Rio jersey soon. 
but I'm excited. Yeah, I love Spark. That was uh, yeah, that that's cool. I like that. They they're definitely up there with their uh, social media game as well. Uh, and the, the one thing I was going to mention before we moved on to the personal section here was just the, just this just this fact alone. Uh, at the end of stage one, the playoffs and the finals were hosted on ABC. ABC. Which, which is a pretty big fucking channel. I mean, ABC puts out a lot of popular content. Uh, I mean, shit, I think Breaking... No, Breaking Bad was AMC. But either way, ABC... <laughs> no, it is a AMC. No, ABC. I'm wrong. ABC. So, um, and there was a lot of very confused folks on Twitter wondering why there was video games on, <laughs> on TV uh, instead of, I don't know, fucking Law & Order or whatever they were expecting. And um, But it, it, at the end of the day, they released the numbers for viewership just on ABC, not including Twitch, not including everything else, like where most people watch it. And they, cons- they, they uh, maintained a consistent viewership of 607,000 uh, for the entirety of it. Which is over half a million viewers consistently for a fucking video game, by the way, Twitter. Uh, Yeah, that's really good for like the first time of it being on a network of that caliber. I mean, they've been on Disney and stuff. Yeah. That's what some people would say. Yeah. So I just wanted to give props because not only did everybody bring their A game to those events, like they were really well constructed, even like the the, um, casters and everything put in a little bit of extra effort there with some of their outfits not monty i don't know what the fuck was going on with that but um i i didn't see what so you was wearing but she probably looked amazing as usual yeah she yeah she looked, <laughs> she looked really good um but yeah so even like you have like rappers like meek mill and stuff were tweeting about it saying like i gotta get me a overwatch team and stuff so it's just cool it was a nice sort of moment for overwatch and some people and are won over some people who were actually won over not everyone's gonna be won over and that's understandable but yeah. so, apparently i heard some story of someone talking about some guy who was like what the fuck is this i don't know and they won him over by the end of it so yeah. everyone on it's twitter so won well him over. Presented. And that's so yeah. cool and it's it's hard to watch like if you so when i watched i i was a big counter-strike fan uh not so much playing but like watching i was huge into that and that's very easy to follow right you go like five versus five kill everybody when everyone's dead or not dead plant the bomb the bomb explodes done right Overwatch is really hard to follow. <laughs> like if you're watching it and you have no idea what's going on in terms of abilities and you know specials and things like that, like you have no idea. It's just like a colorful mess of monkeys and lightning, and like it's just really hard to to follow. So uh, the fact that it did kind of like maintain this viewership for a lot of people that probably had no fucking idea what it was, uh, I think makes it extra impressive because without knowing about the game and still enjoying it, and the way they present it where they will go into third person perspective they will show an overview map they will explain why this thing counters this thing or why this move was a good move like they 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 did a lot of kind of um you know explaining things for a new audience that actually like whilst me and you might have been a kind of bored uh, those parts like i understood why they did it and i think it i helped didn't actually a lot. watch the finals that's <laughs> you're totally fine <laughs> Uh, so yeah so abc great job everyone involved uh and we're really happy about that so if you are watching this podcast because you first watch overwatch on abc or listening to this podcast welcome it's a lovely family we love you we do love you and we're happy to have you uh moving on from overwatch league uh to our personal focus there are two questions for you this week uh question number one what is the first character 
that clicked with you ever? Am I going first? Yeah, go. Diva. Diva. Explain Slash the feeling. Tracer, but it mostly Diva. Explain the um, feeling. Explain the feeling. Yeah. I was like, it was in the beta, I think. I, I don't know if it was in the beta or just when the game came up, because I think in the beta I was playing mostly Bastion and Tracer. Um, yeah, I played Bastion back in the day. Mm -hmm. Guys hate me. Uh, he was an asshole <laughs> I was really in the beta. fucking good with yeah. him, too. But um, it must have been when the full game came out. And I'm like, oh, cool, this character is a fucking mech that's player. And then I started just popping off by early standards. No one knew how to play the game back then, let's be honest. But I had so much fun. I was getting these huge diva bombs, and she just clicked with me. I really am... My background, uh, gaming background, is actually racing games. So if I'm driving something, I feel more comfortable. And with diva, you're driving a mech, basically. So I kind of had that personal connection, and it just clicked. It was just like, I'm piloting a mech, I'm doing all these flying maneuvers, this goes with my Wipeout experience and my driving experience in games. Wipeout, the video game, not the TV show. Please don't ask me that question. I know you won't, but <laughs> people in the audience will be like, Wipeout's a fucking stunt show where they jump across balls. Anyway, it's anti-gravity ships, people. <laughs> but that translated to piloting the diva mech through the air. So that kind of clicked with me. So I had that little bit of background, and it just kind of clicked. And then from there, I went to other heroes, it seems. So yeah, uh, I'll go next. So the first character that clicked with me, uh, weirdly enough, was Anna. <laughs> Uh, which nowadays... Yeah, you have a thing. I even drew you as yeah, Anna. Yeah, like, so nowadays, Anna is, like, a character that I still, like, really enjoy playing. But for some reason, again, it might have just been because it was, like, earlier days and stuff. Uh, for some reason, I was playing her into, like, comps that should not have had an Anna in them at all. It's because you wanted to quick scope. It is. It is. That's what it was. So I came, uh, full full disclosure, Overwatch fans, I came from a Call of Duty background. I was a quick scoper. Uh, I feel like... Call of Duty noob! I feel like I'm at, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous right now. Like, <laughs> 500 days since my last quick scope. But I, um... No, I used to really enjoy quickscoping in Call of Duty, and then they kind of took it away, and then they brought it back for World War Two, uh, World War Two, and I really enjoyed that. And I used to make funny little compilation videos of me doing it, and then so I thought naturally I'm going to click with Widow, until I learned that you have to hold the button down for several seconds before you can fire a shot with Widow, which kind of is against the power. rules of quickscoping, right? Anna, not so much, but also Anna has this kind of fantastic um, ability, not only to quickscope, but also that she can heal and she can hurt people at the same time. So I had a blast with her. Uh, really, really got like attached to her um, at the beginning. Uh, still a big fan of Anna. Uh, harder to play her now. Um, I'm just, I don't know if it's harder to play her or I'm just like better with other heroes because I haven't really been practicing with Anna and my aim is not as good as it used to be. Um, but like the nade and the sleep darts and I just had such a good time with her kit um obviously her mobility was an issue but you know you work around it you do what you can uh, but yeah she was the first character that actually clicked with me which i think is a weird first choice because most people it's like soldier or something but anna was the first one uh and my second and see, question that actually has a bearing on both our styles because diva if you get hyper aggressive with her in the right way 
you get success. And what's my style? Hyperaggression. Yeah. And then you went on to more support stuff from Anna, so that mm -hmm. makes sense. Sit in the back and, and pick people off. That's, that's Although you're also thing. an aggressive support, but I'm like hyper-aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I have like yeah. this I'm an aggressive Lucio. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty aggressive Zen, but I'm a hella aggressive Lucio. Uh, and then the current character that you can use on autopilot, as in you can play the game, have a full-on conversation about the best recipe for mac and cheese and still win. Fucking Brigida. Yeah. <laughs> You've seen this firsthand where I'm I having have. a normal conversation. You're like, you just killed everybody. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, everything's dead. Look at that. <laughs> I've seen you murder a Zarya without realizing you murdered the Zarya. And then just like be like, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> like, did I kill her? I, I remember this specifically. Uh -huh. The specific thing. Like, it's like, oh, the Zarya's dead. I'm like, who killed her? It takes me like seven seven whips or whatever to get Azaria down. You just went like bash, ba boom, bing, and she was dead. And I was like, the fuck did the you just do that? Was. Like, I play her almost like a fighting game character. I'm yeah. not even gonna fucking lie. So yeah, so Zarya, uh, not Zarya, sorry. Um, so Brigida is is your autopilot character when you just want to not have to think and just hit things. Um, and she's a pretty good character for just not having to think and hitting things because she has a literal she's instinct flail. Um, my uh, instinct character is Moira. Um, I, I yeah, I can play her without even considering what's going on, uh, mostly because. So, and I talk about this on our guide for Moira, but Moira is 100% decision-making. My decisions are usually made several seconds before um, I do them with Moira. So, like, I've got to the point now where it's not so much that I, like, flick up my arms and go, okay, which orb is best here? Uh, or, like, decide you know. whether I want to heal. I just, like, know what's going to work and what's not going to work. So I'll have it ready to go. And I don't even think about it anymore. I just flick it out there and I'm just, you know... Uh, and yeah, I just don't have to think about it. I fade on instinct. I, I'm rarely killed by any ultimate with Moira just because I can instinctually, as soon as I hear a voice line, I'm gone. <laughs> if it's a diva bomb, then I'll wait. Then I just fade through it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's very much instinct for me, autopilot for uh, for Moira, and that's just um, it's nice. But at the same time, it does make her boring. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if you do you feel the same about Brigida, where it's kind of like it gets more boring the more autopilot you, you are. <laughs> If you recall with the six deck, how I was playing Brigida all the time, there was actually one point where I asked them, can I please play Ryan? <laughs> like, I was getting tired of it because, you know, I want to do something that I actually have to think about. It was getting to a point like, and I'm not a very good person at communication, but my communication on Brigida was getting really good. And that's scary because I'm terrible at communication. That shows that I how little I have to think about playing her is I can make all these callouts with Reinhardt. And this is a problem about my play. I'm not saying that that's a good thing that I'm bad at communication, but with Reinhardt, I'm hardly communicating. It's really bad. I'm working on it. I'm really good at Reinhardt, but I'm very bad at calling out what my intentions are. And when I'm shattering and usually it happens like after, just a bit too late, but I need to work on the communication thing. But if I'm getting really good at communication on a character, that usually means that I don't have to think a lot about playing them. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And I so want to have to think about you're it. You're working on communication. I'm working on awareness. That's my that's my deal. <laughs> I still am shit with awareness. And trust me, it's an ever uphill battle. 
Alrighty. I think so, Reinhardt's my worst communication character, honestly. I, I also, honestly, constantly. I'm a little autopiloty on Reinhardt nowadays as well. Like, I kind of have to think about some moves, but mostly I'm just kind of like, I just hope I'm everyone's not, with me. I actually have yeah. to be constantly thinking about it. I love that challenge, honestly. That's good. That's good. All right. Moving on to our hero uh, of the episode, which we have already designated as being our DPS, Sombra. So, uh, Sombra, what's her real name? Do you know? I forgot. Mm. I knew this at one point, but what is it? Let's start with this. What does Sombra mean in, in not Spanish? Is it sad? Shadow. Shadow. Fuck. Mm. Because I think it's somber. That's my no, yeah, no, I can see that. I look like a noob. Sorry, I don't know Spanish <laughs> at all. Uh, her real name is Olivia Colomar uh that's a real name it's olivia i like that name it's a pretty name right uh and she is 30 years old in case you were wondering uh her occupation is doesn't look it no she looks like early 20s i want to know what her makeup routine is early 20s uh skincare occupation uh hacker obviously you know everyone knows that uh affiliations she was formerly affiliated with a uh, mexican gang las muertos and then she's currently affiliated with a overwatch gang i suppose uh talent um overwatch gang not really overwatch gang the bad guys the bad gang uh, she is voiced by the uh, extraordinary Carolina Ravassa in the English version of the game, who I have had the pleasure of meeting, and she is very, very lovely. Uh, she is absolutely my favorite uh, voice actress that I've, voice actor, I guess, that I've uh, spoken to so far. Um, she's really cool. She's just super cool, and I love I how she meet brings... her. I kind of like watched you guys meet her because I was way too shy. Well, but she this, seemed cool. this year when we go back to our con. Uh, that we all go to, Symmetra's going to be there, and you're going to meet her. Did you not I'm know I'm going to meet her? Yeah, I'm going to make you meet her. Oh, are you? Yep. Like, yeah, you have to drag me into these things, because I won't do you. it myself, but I'll do, do it. it. I will be like, You'll appreciate I it hate afterwards. your character sometimes, but you're amazing. <laughs> I actually That's like exactly playing what Symmetra, I'm going to say to her, by the way. I fucking hate your character, I love but playing you her. are very nice. I actually kind of want to make a guide for Symmetra, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah, do it. Alrighty, so let's talk about Sombra. So, uh, Sombra has several abilities, one of which is a passive. Now, a passive ability in Overwatch, if you're not paying attention, is an ability that happens all the time. You don't have to do anything to make it happen. What's her passive ability? Um, it's the Opportunist. Opportunist, and what does that mean? It means when a character is critical, aka below 50% health, I think is critical, um, you see them. Yep. wherever they are on the map. And it, you don't see it in the same way that you would see it in Infrasight. Infrasight's just an outline. You actually see a whole like, kind of like red lines. It reminds me of Predator. You know what I mean? Like infrared almost. Like yes. They're kind of like shadowy, like body heat or something that you can see. I'm not sure. It's a little different. Uh, and so yeah, it does reveal uh, enemy health bars that are below 100% to Sombra only. Uh, and that's when they're 50%. Only to Sombra. Only to Sombra. No one else can see it. Uh, so that's our passive ability. But that's good, uh, because basically what it means is that if you are in any given area and you're invisible, you're just, you know, shimmying around the place, you can instantly find the most appropriate target for a quick death. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if Zen's in the back and old old glowy boy is there and he's got his little shimmery uh stuff going on through a wall you know that if you creep up on him you can probably cap him pretty fast and you can also track enemy movements with it you can yeah you can because warn like i said teammates. in the guide there's a whole guide so i won't go into too much detail about it um but you can see if there's multiple people low you can see where they all are secondly if you see them go behind a wall and you know there's no health pack there and they got healed there's a healer there so, so you, you know that there's a healer who's 
has line of sight or is right there with I them. I think it's important to point out that Sombra is excellent for these types of opportunities of scouting things and discovering information. Information is power in a game like Overwatch, and she is very, very useful for that. Um, specifically, not just because of the fact she can be fucking invisible girl and just run around the field looking at everything, but because of things like that, where she can make judgment calls based upon her passive as well, um, which is kind of cool. Uh, she carries a machine pistol. Now, I've had an argument with someone about this before. It is not an Uzi. Uh, it may look like an Uzi. It may sound like an Uzi. It is not an Uzi. It is a machine pistol. Uh, two people went fucking at each other's throats on our guide for this, um, which I, I recommend you I read. I saw that. Very funny. Like um, yeah. What are you guys arguing about? So, man? <laughs> the machine pistol is a rapid fire hit scan. Uh, the damage is 2.4 to 8. Uh, the fall off range is 15 to 35. Spread angle, max 2.7 degrees. Rate of fire, 20 rounds per second. Ammo, 60. And reload time, 1.5 seconds. And of course, it can headshot. Uh, so, yeah, basically, it's a very, very. It's kind of like either. Well, it's kind of like one tracer gun, but more yes. ammo. An interesting bit of trivia, if you look at the ammo counter, it counts in hexadecimal for most skins. That is a base 16 counting system uh, often used in computer stuff. That's the Hacker. nerdiest thing anyone's ever said to me. Thank you. I understand that. it too. <laughs> I know. It's, it's correct. I've checked it. <laughs> All right. I believe you. All right. So uh, alongside her machine pistol, which is her only weapon, by the way, she also has a pretty handy ability with her glove, uh, which is the fact that she can hack things uh including people uh so her hack has a max range of 15 meters uh the casting time actually has changed uh i believe but it says 0.65 on here so that's what i'm going with uh and as far as duration faster yeah as far as duration uh enemies and bob uh six seconds health packs 60 seconds this is how long it lasts uh and other 10 seconds. So other would be like turrets and things like that. Uh, Cooldown, 8 seconds for enemies and uh, and Bob. Uh, 4 seconds for a health pack, although, that again, that may have changed. And 2 seconds uh, for... No, 4 seconds is correct for the health pack. Oh, is it 4? Okay. Uh, yeah, I've been playing her a lot recently. 2 seconds for, uh, like, shitty equipment and things like that. Alright, so... Here's a couple extra bits around hacking as well, because, I mean, hacking essentially disables your opponent from using abilities and their mm -hmm. ultimate, too. Um, that's that's the base factor. And it might it cancel an ability that's in progress. It depends. There's a yep. whole list. You can check it out. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go through some of the kind of inter more interesting parts of her, uh, her hacking. So, um, taking damage does interrupt hack, and it will go in a two-second cooldown. If hack is interrupted without taking any damage, it does not go on a cooldown so by interrupted without taking damage i mean if you're reinhardt you turn around with a shield and you're interrupting it but she's not taking damage so or if line of sight is broken correct uh barriers break line of sight instantly walls also break line of sight but there is a brief grace period where hack can continue much like mercy's uh, beam Although I think Mercy's Beam is probably a lot more forgiving than the hack. Yes. Uh, hacked enemies cannot activate their abilities. Uh, for passive abilities, hack only disables the ones that require a button to press. For transformations, hack cancels transformations from normal abilities, but not from ultimate abilities. Hack also turns off Lucio's song, uh, which is the saddest hack of all time when you're Lucio. It's like literally the worst thing that can happen to you as Lucio. It's is so funny to watch. It's not funny when you're Lucio. <laughs> and hack it's just... so funny for the enemy team. They're like, look at this Lucio. 
you. It's sad. He's useless. Can't do anything. Uh, hack does not affect weapons. So uh, you can get hacked and still shoot, uh, which is, you know, you're the saving grace, I suppose. Uh, hacked enemies have their health bar revealed to Sombra's team for 20 seconds if their ultimate ability is ready, an icon appears on top to show this. Uh, hacked health packs respawn four times faster, 2.5 seconds for small health packs, 3.75 seconds for mega health packs, can be seen through walls to allies within 30 meters. I think they took that part away. I'm not sure, but this I haven't been seeing it. This is pretty fucking up to date. I, I did notice that you have Batista here as well. I've been noticing it today, though. I was yeah. not seeing my health packs through walls. I don't know if that's a glitch, mm. or if I was just being stupid and not seeing it, but I think they might have taken that part away. I'm not sure. Not sure. Uh, health packs cannot be hacked before the game starts. That's an interesting point, because I, I I was going to try that a bunch of times when I first started yes, playing her. Yes, that would be a bit unfair. A bit OP, yeah. Imagine hacking like one right by their fucking... No, that's that's not fair. Uh, hack can also target the following. Ash's Bob, Batiste's Immortality Field, Barisa's Supercharger, Torbjorn's Turret, and with the exception of Bob, they are all disabled for 10 seconds. Bob is 6, as we mentioned before. He's like uh, a character. Non-heroes that are hacked have a skull above them that drains over time. This represents the duration of the hack. And it is possible to target something that is already hacked. In that case, the duration resets. Mean is what that's called. Just consistently hacking. I love doing it. I'm fucking diva. asshole. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so one of her other abilities is stealth. Uh, so her movement speed is plus 50%. Uh, she goes invisible, obviously, and this, this is what we're talking about with stealth. Uh, with a dramatic hand wave. Yes, good noise as well. Uh, it's kind of like a lightsaber. Uh, area of effect, two meter radius for detection. Uh, you, you can be detected when you are invisible. Uh, there is a brief period of time where you may for like, like flicker into existence and the, the uh, enemy can see you, which usually ends very poorly for you. Casting time, 0.7 seconds. That's both stealthing and unstealthing. Pro tip on the unstealthing, something we learned recently is that an emote will unstealth you without any noise or voice I tested lines. that recently mm, it's very cool. i don't know if it's since the most recent update it, I, they might have fixed it but it's super I was cool able to do it yeah i just it went you just break into a little dance she doesn't make any noise when she's dancing so you can like get out of stealth and uh and not you know give your position away which is cool uh the duration is infinite it's the infinite infinity symbol uh, it didn't used to be but it did now not it, is. it did not used to be but now you can literally be invisible for the entire game if you want to although you wouldn't do much if you were uh and the cooldown is six seconds to be able to go invisible again uh so that's that uh let's hear, hear some interesting facts on stealth i don't think you mentioned the fact that she can't shoot while in stealth I'm, she can't shoot while in stealth trying I'm to shoot while there. i'm getting there sir uh while stealth stealthed that's, that doesn't sound like that should be pronounced that way. Sombra cannot be targeted by auto-targeting attacks like turrets, biotic orb, deadeye, etc. unless she's detected. Sombra becomes detected if there is an enemy within two meters of her or through abilities such as Sonic Arrow or Infrasight. In case of the former, only the nearby enemy detects Sombra, but in case of the latter two, the enemy, uh, the entire enemy team detects Sombra. A detected message will appear at the top of Sombra's screen. Uh, the cooldown triggers after after the ability is deactivated and the sound effect and voiceover distance is 15 meters alongside what you said that she cannot shoot people or capture points um but yeah so that sound effect and voiceover for uh de-stealthing is 15 meters away so using that emote trick is actually like pretty handy dandy 
Little side note, if you have a colorblind mode on for your friendly friendly UI, it might be also be for enemy UI. It screws up stuff. The detected message will be transparent except for the outlines. Really? It really sucks. Overwatch, work on your freaking colorblind modes and also add subtitles to the game. Accessibility. Anyway, I have a colorblind mode on even though I'm not colorblind just to make it more, more visible. Exciting. My friendly UI is yellow. I like that. I haven't tried colorblind mode yet. I kind of want to nice, do the except purple. There are green some one. glitches with it yeah. still. Like Symmetra's, an enemy Symmetra's barrier looks blue, but that's, I'm, or it looks red. I don't know. Sorry, it looks blue. Sorry. The enemy Symmetra's barrier looks kind of blue, and it's hard to tell that it's an enemy yeah, Symmetra thing. That's weird. Alrighty. One of her Side other notes. abilities is uh, Translocator, her only other ability. It's an arcing projectile. It has five health, does have health, can be destroyed. Uh, it is infinite if it's not destroyed. Never used to be. Uh, cooldown. What was it? Like three, 15 seconds used to last? 30 seconds? Okay, the 15, translocator used to last time and also couldn't be destroyed, I don't think. No. That was the trade-off. There was made. like a time limit to it, yeah. Uh, the cooldown is four seconds if it's used or destroyed and two seconds if it's cancelled. Uh, so both enemies and Sombra herself using Interact can destroy the Translocator. There is an ability icon for cancelling it. The Translocator bounces off walls but not slopes and Sombra has a very brief moment of invincibility upon translocating. So before we get into her ultimate, which is it's a lot we can say about that, um, what is what would you describe as Sombra's basic playstyle? Basic playstyle is disruption. Disruption. Your goal as Sombra, and I mentioned this is in the guide, is to basically disrupt whoever's abilities, whoever on the enemy team's abilities post the biggest threat to your team. And this might change, even if it's the same comp, it might change depending on the match because it might be another character who's using their abilities more effectively. You have to disrupt that person and make them not able to use their abilities. Um, key targets are Doomfist. Doomfist goes into your backline and you hack him, he's useless. He's going to get burnt. Hammond, also, he can't move. He can just walk around in ball form and he can shoot you still, but he's a big target. You just have to fire that machine pistol and that... Bucker is going to be blasted out of his little ball. <laughs> but yeah, just disrupt whoever it is. You can hack Mercy out of a res. It actually will stop the res if you do it fast enough. Um, Farah will stop being able to fly as easily. She can still use her regular fly, but she can't boost up into the air. Um, so yeah, disrupt. Disrupt whoever's abilities are the biggest threat to your team. Bye-bye Bastion in sentry mode. Uh, is also Bastion. Yeah, that's a good key. one. Uh, so yeah, so or essentially, how how most people will play Sombra is quite literally find a mega health pack close by, throw a translocator, go invisible, stalk somebody, hack them, kill them, translocate when you're getting in trouble, rinse, repeat from the majority of the match until you reach your ultimate, which is EMP. EMP. EMP does 10,000 damage against barriers and shields. Uh, it has an area of effect of 15 meters. The casting time is 0.5 seconds. The duration is the same as hack. And the charge required is 1,250 points to do it. So, Sombra passively generates 1% ult charge per every 2.5 seconds. In addition to everything hack can hack, EMP also hacks Symmetra's sentry turrets, Symmetra's teleporter, and Wrecking Ball's proximity mines for 10 seconds. They must be within Sombra's line of sight, ignoring barriers. 
EMP inflicts 10,000 damage to all barriers and shields in the area. EMP also destroys Batiste's amplification matrix. If Zarya projects a barrier on a target with shields, like herself, the barrier protects the shields, but the target will still be hacked. Unlike other ultimate abilities, Sombra alerts her entire team, regardless of distance from her, that she has used her EMP, which is one of the most depressing things in the world when everyone's dead and you hear... Abaganda las luces, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, and uh, this is done by Sombra's image appearing in the bottom right hand corner of the screen to all allies, accompanied by a radio transmission sounding EMP activated. Uh, Sombra cannot gain ultimate charge until 6.5 seconds after EMP is activated, uh, i.e., when her hack wears off on enemy heroes, and Sombra receives a small vertical boost from activating EMP. So let's talk about EMP. Uh, OP, not OP, interesting. What, where does it fit in the in the kind of criteria of ultimates? Like, I would say it's not OP because it's a coordination alt. It requires follow up from your team. It's not something that you can use yourself and just get a bunch of kills because it really doesn't last all that long. It's something that's fast action. You need to follow it up. You usually can't make much use of it just yourself as Sombra base. Her damage output isn't huge. It's nice, but it's not huge. Yeah. So it's really something you need to coordinate with your team or just it's mostly used uh, to engage. Sometimes it's used reactively against defense, especially against Lucio's ult. Yes, because if you use or it against Moira's Lucio's ult. ult, you will instantly negate his ult, which is the shittiest. Again, poor Lucio. Like she is a hard counter to Lucio. Um, what I, I always kind of put it in the category of graviton like it's kind of like the same thing like with a graviton similar principle right it's a it's a zoning ult to an extent but it requires follow-up it requires your team to kind of like throw dragons in there or whatever you want to do um emp kind of functions much the same manner best combined with best combined with usually self-destruct is the big one it can also be combined with if team if the enemy is really grouped up earth shatter Earth Shatter? Earth Shatter usually requires another alt as well sometimes, so you might be using too many with that, but usually self-destruct and EMP. And what a lot of people do with self-destruct EMP is they usually throw the EMP first and then the self-destruct, but an even better thing is to throw the self-destruct, let them get in position to block it. Like, have the Reinhardt be like, get behind my shield, it's okay, guys. EMP him right before it goes off. You yeah. kill all of them. It's a pretty popular tactic, and it's always impressive. Like, I'm I'm never sad at watching an EMP, uh, you know, self-destruct combo. They're always fun. One requires a bit more coordination than the other, though, I may this is true. say. Alrighty, so let's talk a little bit about the uh, lady herself. So we're going to go into a little bit of backstory here, so please bear with me. <clears throat> One of the world's most notorious hackers. Sombra uses information to manipulate those in power. Sombra's skills include computer hacking and cryptography. These are activities she greatly enjoys to the point where the desire to get past locks and solving mysteries is ingrained in her personality. She is a known associate of Reaper, specializing in espionage and intelligence assessment. She is equipped with devices that allow hacking of technology just through touch. This includes a cybernetic graft implanted along her spine, which basically makes her a living computer. She is a loner emotionally, finding it difficult to make friends uh, outside coercion. Her personal calling card is a sugar skull. Uh, there's a little bit of background. 
It is cool. Uh, long before she took up the alias Sombra, uh, Olivia Colomar was among the thousands of children who were left orphaned in the aftermath of the Omnic Crisis. With much of Mexico's infrastructure destroyed, she survived by utilizing her natural gifts with hacking and computers. She likewise proved adept at manipulating individuals to suit her own ends. After Colomar was taken in by Mexico's Los Muertos gang, she aided it in a self-styled revolution against the government, performing hacks against said government on their behalf. Los Muertos believed that the rebuilding of Mexico had primarily benefited the rich and influential, leaving behind those who were most in need of assistance. Commissioner Rivera was one such example, when she brought him a basket of bread straight to his desk, which gave her the opportunity to access her, uh, his computer, she came to realize that knowledge was power, and so she kept hacking. Politicians, corporations, governments, famous people, all were in her domain of inquiry. The retrieval of information became an addiction, and her hacks became more audacious over time. Following her many conquests, Colomar was supremely confident in her skills, but she was caught unprepared when she stumbled into the web of a global conspiracy, one that had also noticed her. With her security irreparably compromised, Colomar was forced to delete all traces of her identity and went into hiding, which is when she then got her cybernetic raft and re-emerged as Sombra. Cool story. I think yes. she has one of the cooler backstories of any of the heroes in the game, honestly. Like, it's, and supposedly it's she's not shit. totally a loner. Apparently she's friends with Baptiste. Yeah, because they were both left orphaned in the aftermath of the Omnic Crisis, which I'd like to point that out. And they were both part of Talon. True. Except one isn't anymore. But apparently she's still friends with him. I feel it. like she's a side switcher. I feel like when they advance the lore, which, you know, it's been she's three years. She's on her own but... side. Here's the thing. Yeah. She's with Talon because it benefits her right now. And that's, that's the really interesting thing about Sombra's character is that she's a bad guy, but not for the sake of being a bad guy. Yeah. She kind of is like... I'm going to do this for me, and this is what benefits me right now. So yeah. if it so benefits her to join Overwatch, she probably will. But will she stay with them? Only if it benefits her. It's a little bit like Moira's... Uh... She's like a chaotic neutral. Yeah, yeah. She's, like, she's got Moira's uh, moral compass, I think. Like, whatever yes. gets me what I need is what I'm going to do, uh, which I think is kind of... They're, they're very similar in that sense. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh she's a really really cool character she's one of my favorite characters in the game um and because she's so computer oriented i actually click with her a lot <laughs> okay i mean the hexadecimal thing who else knew that <laughs> i definitely did not uh so let's go with okay let's go with some fun trivia for sombra just to sort of top off our our last part uh before we get into the bits and pieces so okay so first of all like everyone should know this by now but if you didn't know the announcement of uh sombra led to an arg uh which is an alternative uh reality game so it, basically they sent people on this wild goose chase across the internet to try and learn who the hero was going to be that was about to be released which has since been dubbed as one of the worst fucking releases of a hero ever because they did all this crazy cryptic crap um, to basically, you know, just release a hero. Like nowadays, it's like, you know, Batiste was like nothing. It was like, there's a hero coming. They showed like one weird document about him and his name was on it that, you know, like we knew who we were getting. And we got him, and it was, you know, it they was They also fine. had some hexadecimal, backs of the hexadecimal stuff, but they had something that showed hexadecimal on the screen. We de <clears throat> I got some people to decode it. I could have decoded it too, but I did 
didn't have at the time at the time and it said baptiste is what it said that was the only discernible thing on it interesting so they're not as fancy anymore <laughs> all righty there's some cool concept art that you can find um so I'll, I'll i'll share that afterwards but um here's some trivia sombra is hero 23 and the second new hero to be added to the game she was right after uh anna i believe sombra yep. is a spanish word meaning shadow or shade that's uh, the other alternative meaning of that oh look the ammo counter on Sombra's machine pistol is in hexadecimal and as such reads 3C when the magazine is full. The Halloween Terra loot boxes have candies with the Sombra skull icon on the wrapper. Michael Chu uh, has indicated that Sombra considers Reaper and Widowmaker to be genuine friends of hers, but that the friendship is complicated. Sombra is also the only hero that can have another hero's highlight intro appear in her own. Her hacking highlight intro has another hero's highlight intro as a prelude before it, which is the most infuriating play of the game. To, Biggest yeah. fucking bait ever. Yeah. We've all had it happen where we think we get play the game. But yeah, she gets it's, uh, yeah that, that really does piss me it's off. It's really awkward if you're in the same party with the person who stole it because when you're like, <laughs> fuck you! <laughs> uh, the skull used in Sombra's icon refers to the art used for skulls in Mexico's Dia de la Muerte, uh, Day of the Dead festival. Unlike most heroes, Sombra uses her right hand for the quick melee attack instead of the left hand used by most of the heroes. Sombra's real name wasn't revealed until Zarya's comic, Searching. Sombra's favorite drink is mezcal. Uh, a Sombra Funko Pop figure will go on sale in 2018. That's past. Uh, a Sombra Neo Droid will go on sale in quarter one 2019. That's uh, also past, I think, although I haven't seen it. Uh, Sombra's childhood teddy bear, Arturito, is named after a Spanish nickname for the Star Wars character, Artu-Ditu. That's, that's a fun one. I like it's that one cute. a lot. There you go. So that's Sombra. Uh, so, okay. So let's get into our favorite uh, part of the, the podcast. Let's go with favorite voice lines for Sombra. And you have to try and do it in the Sombra voice. Okay. So favorite voice line on its own is, I'd love to stay in chat, but I'm not going to. Yes. But I also like to combo this one. So there's two kind of honorable mentions. Um, I'd love to stay in chat, but... I need a drink. <laughs> I'm doing it in a really bad accent. Or this one really fucks with people, by the way. It's a Christmas line that I combo with it. I'd love to stay in chats, but I know who's been naughty. <laughs> and then another voice line I like, and it's not one that you can activate. It's if you go on a kill streak, she goes, ha, manari fe, which means ha, I did it. I, uh... It sounds so cool when she says it. So fun fact for, uh, for Sombra so we uh we interviewed we mentioned earlier but we interviewed uh carolina Ravessa for our channel and um right after the interview uh she we had said like she she asked us to say her alt line in spanish um because uh, <laughs> no one can you know pronounce it properly so i uh along with keegan got the chance to Attempt. <laughs> yeah thank you uh attempt to say it and um 
We... Let's be honest, you guys both purposely butchered it because that was the goal of the video. I didn't purposely. Honestly, I didn't Keegan know. Did. Keegan definitely did. I don't think he knows what it is either, honestly. But yeah, so basically, um, her voice line is Abaganda las luces. Abaganda las luces. Yes, the luces thing, it makes me go luces. I sound like I have a speech impediment when I do it. I can't do it. What it means is turning off the Italian, lights. I'm Italian. I can kind of do it. Yeah, it's like I, I, turning off the lights is what she's saying, or turn off the lights or something like that. Um, so yeah, so we're on Carolina Rovasa's video saying that terribly. In so therefore, it is this. now one of my favorite voice lines of hers. But I still can't say it, so I'm not even going to try. Apagando uh, las luces. No, do it. Do it again. Apagando las luces. That's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, I'm doing it too much of male voice. One of my personal favorites is everything can be hacked and everyone. <laughs> I like that one. That's kind of cool. Uh, also, I'm guessing there's no chance we can take care of this quietly, is there? That like one's that. not an active one. That shows up no, before match. No, but way, I it's really just, love it. I like it when she like just it. says that. Uh, yeah, so that's that's definitely one of my favorites. I'm trying the to. Hamster one. Yeah, I'm taking a little look because um, some some of my favorite ones for her are not necessarily like voice lines. Uh, obviously, boop is you know. It's a good one. And I love that they threw in the obvious hack the, hack planet. the planet. Yeah. So that's that's some of my uh, some of my favorite. Uh, squishing a bug too. Just like squishing a bug. I like that one a lot. Uh, Again, another computer thing. But the interaction with Hammond <laughs> is something like <laughs> so they're expecting me to work with a rodent or something. <laughs> I don't get paid enough for this. She's a fun character and she has some very fun lines. Uh, okay, let's talk about favorite skins. So favorite skins. Currently, you can do your league uh, first. I know you like to do the league skins league first. Ones, I really like the Boston Uprising. You see, I love their colors. I honestly love the Boston Uprising colors. But also, um, the other two I really like. It used to be Fusion was my favorite, but not anymore. Um, and not because I don't like Fusion. It's just... The colors of Fusion can be kind of meh, But the jacket looks cool. But now, Chengdu Hunters looks really cool. The jacket, the yellow is kind of weird, but her leggings are bronze on that skin. It looks fucking amazing. And also, uh, Toronto Defiant looks pretty sweet on her, especially if a gold gun. Which okay. I have. So those are my favorite league skins. What about your regular favorite skins? Um, it would be the Los Muertos. Los Muertos? That's where a good she one. has the, the neon green skull on her face. That I really like one. that skin. Yeah. I like also, that. I I like Talon. I don't really like her hair on Talon so much. <laughs> but um, she does kind of look like a... It's a the, I want to speak to your manager haircut, isn't it? It's, yes, uh, that's yeah. it. I like it Talon a lot. It doesn't fit with her very well. He I do like the color. I do it. like it just because it like... I, I like all the Talon skins because it just like they're like earlier versions and stuff. But uh, I like Virus. I think Virus is pretty cool. It's uh, it's yeah. kind of plain, but I like her hair color in that. It's like the white with the pink, you know. Um, and nice, so. my favorite, the one that I was using before I switched to all Philly skins for everything, was Demon Hunter, which was actually the <laughs> that BlizzCon one. I forgot about that 2018 one. exclusive. I love that yeah. one. Uh, and that one changes her voice line too, mm -hmm. where she says instead of "Apagando las luces," she says says obscurity that which means was that like mean? what was it again it's like fuck these demons or something and, let me look it up but i think it's like <laughs> i got um, no fucking idea banishing them to darkness Ooh, that's a good one something like that it's, it's something of that nature i'm not gonna look it up 
because it'll take too long, but it's something like you're banished or something. So yeah, that one uh, it will get a full release if it hasn't already. I'm not sure, honestly. Uh, it will I get, yeah, it will get a full release uh, for everybody. But at the time, for the time being, it was a BlizzCon exclusive for 2018. You had to have the um, the uh, what do they call online it? pass? The online pass, which I again, I, I'm a sucker for that stuff, so I, I picked that. I up. literally bought the online pass just for that. I spent however many fucking dollars it's 50 on bucks. it just it's for 50 one bucks. skin. I bought it for the. I love watching the panels, uh, so I bought it for that. But the the skin was a happy happy bonus. Uh, okay, place in the meta. Now this is actually one of the more interesting place in the meta conversations that we've had especially right now because she is one of people's chosen go-tos to fight goats by replacing diva with sombra um talk about that a little bit if you would see this is the interesting part because you're giving up the ability to eat grabs which is really difficult so it doesn't always happen true and but you're also damage. it's not just grass like there's a lot yeah. of damage mitigation that goes with defense matrix but the whole disrupting the Reinhardt repeatedly, and I think that's usually who they target, if I recall. That if, screws if up goats. D.Va, they tend to go after D.Va more, I think. But yeah, yes, they with the Reinhardt. The Diva will, uh, they just have yeah. the D.Va, the Reinhardt. Lucio. Lucio. They switched up. But they're usually, and they usually get the Flex player, the D.Va player, because the D.Va player knows how annoying Sombra is, so they kind of know how to play her from that. Right. And that's an interesting thing about Overwatch, is if you play someone... And you're noticing that you're being countered by a certain character. Try playing that character and you'll figure out why. That's a really that's a good point. Up. No, that's a really good point. And also something I read today was along those lines. There was a guy uh, who posted, uh, I think it was on Reddit. You know, I'm a, I'm a, a Reddit whore. Um, but there's a guy that posted on Reddit saying that he had climbed something like uh, 1,500 uh, SR in like a couple of days. And the, well, maybe like a week or something. But the reason why was because he was playing characters like Genji into Moira without realizing like how hard of a counter that Moira is to Genji. So he then went into QP and would play Moira uh, just to learn like how easy it is to fuck with the Genji, right? So then he ended up becoming like a Moira main <laughs> because he really enjoyed playing Moira and suddenly he started climbing. And it was just like every time that he hit a roadblock in terms of, okay, well now I'm being countered by this person, he'd go to QP, play that person, figure it out, and then take him into comp and just dominate with him. It was a really interesting kind of uh, strategy, I guess. But yeah, solid point. But yeah, that's that's the idea, I think, behind putting your flex player. The flex player is to be able to play all these different roles but a lot of time and i think they actually mentioned this in the league they're putting them on the sombra because they know how to disrupt a diva yeah. specifically and they're usually playing diva and but i've seen mecco do very well on yeah sombra he's one of the times. better ones out there but I, I was just gonna say in general uh i think her place is as the current best counter to goats in the league I think she's yes. the current best counter. Because we still have to see later in the week how things develop. That's but true. for now. But right now, for people that can play her well, they can build up EMP like nothing, uh, just real fast. You literally have an EMP a minute if you play her well enough. Mm -hmm. And an EMP on goats is a wipe. It's like if you if you follow up on it, it's a fucking wipe because instantly all the abilities, all the shields, all that lovely, lovely like health and stuff just goes out of the window. Um, and it's just like, OK, fucking converge. They don't even necessarily need alts to partner with it, although, you know, diva bombs obviously do help. Uh, but you can't partner with uh, a diva bomb when you're Sombra most of the time, unless you run a very interesting yes. variation.
Um, but things like uh, Earth Shatter, that kind of stuff, like no shields means easy Earth Shatter, means everyone's on the floor. And really, the only counter to it is if your Zen has to place himself far away so yes. that he doesn't get hit by it, and then he has to have Trance. That's one of my favorite things about that that I've learned, is playing against a Sombra when she has EMP. If you're a Lucia or Zen, you need to hide. You need to support your team, but you need to hide from the instant area of where the majority of your team is playing so that when that emp blasts you can come flying out as mr glowy boy and save everybody um or come in and drop the beat real fast uh after it's a bit EMP. harder on lucio because you can't heal from range it is true it is true but you can maybe but help you them still survive like an you still just for those moments if you notice the somber which is hard because you can turn invisible if you, but if you hear her yeah just back up. Yeah, and Lucio is pretty fast, so he he can uh, escape pretty well. Um, but yeah, so so Sombra right now, in my humble opinion, is the biggest counter to goats. And people that play her well play her spectacularly well in league. And um, yeah, she's just all around a very very meta friendly character. Uh, her between her and Doomfist, those are the two things that first started to look like they were tilting the meta uh, out of GOATS, and then they nerfed Doomfist, and Sombra was someone that you had to kind of have a specialist in, you had to decide if you wanted to give up your D.Va to play Sombra, but some teams have done it spectacularly well. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. That's kind of. I think she's in a pretty good spot. I think she's and stronger than she's ever. She's honestly, um, just in the latter play at least, when I have to play DPS, I play Sombra. Uh, largely because I have that D.Va background and I know disrupting abilities. It's good shit. It's good shit. And lastly, My win record on her this season, I've only played like four matches, is like 98%. <laughs> Dude, you don't even want to see my Torbjorn uh, win rate right now. It's ridiculous. I, I, yeah, anyway. Um, but did you see, by the way, uh, this is a side note before we finish up. Uh, I think Mangachu, <laughs> Mangachu did a Torbjorn one-trick account called $40. I don't know why. Uh, he did a Torbjorn one-trick account, placed on 3.6, and made it to 4,500 in a one like solid go, one-tricking Torbjorn the entire way. There was a funny tweet. It's insane. Speaking of Mangachu on Torbjorn, um, Swimmer, who is a support for Boston Academy and who is also active in the Owl Fans United server, um, Swimmer was like, Okay, it's really scary to, to see Mangachu with his hammer running at you. <laughs> <laughs> so Swimmer said that, and I'm like, wow. I take it as a personal challenge to destroy every baby diva with my hammer if I can. Like, I'm just like, I can probably take her. So I'll like, I'll go full armor and everything, and then just start, you know. Um, lastly, <laughs> lastly, if you could, would you make any tweaks to Sombra to improve her without breaking her? The only the tweak I was thinking of of making for her is, and this could be just countered by using stealth more effectively, but I wish that when you unstealth, there was no cooldown to start doing something. That's the only thing, because it really bothers me sometimes. It feels stupid that you have to either decloak far away or just hope that they don't react to you. Because it feels is that kind fair of... to poor Zen in the back that has no chance of defending himself without hearing her de-stealth animation the thing is so many times i'll go after him and he'll just turn around and his whole team will turn around and immediately murder me it's just like even though my team's right there somehow i still get destroyed 
So it just feels, or if that cooldown was just a bit faster. That's the only thing. I could see that. I could see a little bit faster. Um, I personally think that there needs to be a warning sign uh, that she's there and she's doing stuff, but I don't think it has to be as long as it is. You're right. Um, it just feels kind of like, let me shoot. So, but you can't get around that with the emote thing for now. One, but of that the, also um, that. one of the thoughts that I had was maybe combining her passive with EMP. So when she does EMP, everything becomes visible not just like low health because you know that's fine but like everything has that um shimmery predator effect but like to everyone on your team so for the 10 second duration of emp but not just people turrets uh you know like anything that's there like let's say hammond balls even becomes visible uh, that would be interesting just to put on hack in general as well yeah uh i mean that would be good to put on hack yeah but it just kind of like that way i don't know i just feel like it would be it's almost it's almost like a weird cheap version of infrasight though is the only problem i have with it but i feel i feel like if there was that little added part to it then at very least even if you didn't get any value out of the emp itself you'd get a little bit of value of intel which is she's all about intel so because uh, i think Widowmaker deserves a better ult i'm gonna say that right now i think her ult sucks um and she deserves like uh, some kind of an ult even if it's just like 10 seconds where body shots kill you like whatever right but I feel like seconds or body shots. No, thank you. <laughs> you, no. I mean, there's 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 players or heroes that have worse fucking you know things than that. You just dodge for ten seconds, right? No different to McCree. So with uh, with her, I think the only thing I'd like to see is maybe with hack. That's a good idea, uh, but also with EMP that like everyone on your team gets that vision that she has uh, when she pulls that off. I think that'd be cool. Outside of that, honestly. I'm not that fast. I feel like she's in a pretty good spot. There's not a lot she's you can do. She's not one who's in a good spot. Maybe reload faster, but then, you know, that would be unfair to, again, to those DPS or those supports Her on the back one. is kind of low as well, but I don't know if that's really a problem. Because the thing no. with Sombra is just to be more effective with your damage rather than put out huge numbers. If you, so I don't know if it should be buffed. I don't think so, because I feel like if you... If you're invisible, you can creep up behind he people and disable all of their abilities. You better fucking earn that kill afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, you have so many things. So many, um, Jaina was says, like, when you're fighting, you have to put yourself at the most advantageous position to take the fight. Whether it's high ground or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, whether there's cover close to you, a health pack close to you. You put yourself in the most advantageous position to win that 1v1. She's fucking invisible, can creep up behind you and hack your abilities away. She's always in the most advantageous position in any fight. So to give her, like, more power to her gun would be super OP, I think. I think, like, right now, like, I can barely survive a Sombra attack with a Zen if my aiming is on point that day. Or if my if I'm in Moira or, like, whatever. You know what I mean? Or I might be lucky to just, like, scare her off with some Lucio shots that go close to her head. She might, like translocate fearing that i will take her out so um yeah i think that one should stay kind of where it is but yeah, yeah. i i don't disagree it's just like it's sometimes <clears throat> weird when you're playing her and you don't even have like silver damage yeah. but then you have to think how effective am i being with that damage because diero damage is not the be all end all dps usually it's a good measure yeah but for sombra don't measure yourself on how much damage you're doing measure yourself on how many hacks you're getting off and if you're getting any value out of it yeah, the value is the big thing there, I think, because she's a character that combines well with the team in terms of giving you, as a team, 
the advantage. So, you know, if you can pull off those hacks on the Reinhardt shield, if you can disable that Diva, if you can, uh, you know, shut down that Zen with the EMP and get an instant first kill on the Zen, um, those are the things you should be looking to do as a Sombra. Also, tips for people who are Tracer mains but can't play Tracer right now, try out Sombra because her aiming, her she's like tactical Tracer. She actually has a lot of similarities with Tracer as far as the tracking, and the gun is even very similar. The gun is like one Tracer pistol, as we said before. Um, so it's really similar, and once you learned hacking, uh, you'll be golden. With your yeah. good mechanics uh, that you already have from Tracer as far as aim, that will carry over to Sombra, and you'll be very effective with the weapon. You just have to learn the tactics. You also have a better chance of fucking up that Brigada that's ruining your day. So Yes. Yeah. If you're Tracer and Brigada, um, I'm sorry. I've killed a bunch of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, you do not want to play Tracer to Brigida, but Sombra and Brigida, much better. So... That is our show. That's the end of uh, episode three of Hero Recall. We really hope you're enjoying it, that you're learning things, that you're into the discussions that we're having. Uh, we will continue on our journey to get into every single hero's mind, but also we're going to be digging into things like maps and teams and all kinds of stuff when we run out of heroes, which will be a while, I think. Um, there's like, what, 30 now? And uh, then we have more probably. There are more on the way. Lots more on the way. It's um, a while. I'm excited. I'm really excited to see the next one is i really hope it's echo because overlord all the uh yeah but all the things about echo right now because she's going to be a flying healer it's too soon a flying it's too soon healer anyway. we've only seen one it, it's about a year before they're first revealed before you see them that's why i think we might see overlord soon because busan came out hammond came out kind of after horizon that's the map related to him junker queen might Junker some... Queen might be somewhat soon. Um, okay. She's probably going to be a DPS. But, and they're not really looking she's at She's going to be an right ability-based DPS. I don't think she's going to be a, like a straight DPS. I think she's going to have some crazy fucking abilities. I think we're going to see maybe another mecha soon. I'm hoping. But especially since they released that Busan map. Good point. Alrighty. So that's our show. As promised, uh, we will be back in a couple weeks with some more. Uh, haven't picked a hero yet, so it'll be a surprise for everybody involved, including us. Uh, but we do appreciate all the love and support. Right now, you can follow us on Twitter. The handle is is it still at Recall Hero? I never I know. Put, I changed it to Hero Recall Overwatch. Thank Let you. me just make sure. So It's not Overwatch, OW. Yeah, so change it now if we haven't, but it will be at hero recall ow for yeah Overwatch. that's what it is right now. so yeah if that's where you um if, if you want to come follow us we generally just post like thoughts and stuff on you know on on different things that are occurring throughout the week uh both I of us please yes you retweet you get some good highlights and also uh you'll also get any information about the show that's forthcoming or you can ask us questions if you have questions if you have um things that you want to see on the show anything you want to discuss with us the best place to reach us throughout until we hit another podcast and anything that you do message us and talk to us about we'll bring it up we'll talk about it on the show because we're very open like that sorry um, i'm smiling because i'm looking at the overwatch league scores uprising versus rain is 2-2 mm. and boston took the first control point on the fifth map poor rain Alrighty, so uh thank you so much for watching uh because the world needs more heroes like you bye bye